Take the cockpit door down. Take the two pilots that have already made the sacrifice so that you can face this challenge. Dispose of them all coke. into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. This is the Wrestling Asylum podcast. We're back. We've had a few weeks now where we've had a bit of time off. We've let the run-up to WrestleMania build up. And now that WrestleMania is now upon us, we're going to look back at some classic WrestleMania moments, memories, and talk about what our favourite WrestleMania moments were growing up watching professional wrestling. I've got Kurt with me again, and I've got Rocco with me again. How are you, boys? Good, thanks. Hello, mate. Yeah, all good. Oh, good. Okay, I hope we've enjoyed our little time off since, I think it's been a few weeks now since we did the last podcast, but we're finally back. I'll start with Kate. Kate, what was your first WrestleMania? It's, I mean, it's a hard one. To, it's got to be, it's probably 1992, I'd say, with the, um, I mean, as a kid, I can remember watching it. I mean, it's hard to think back when, you, when you're that that age to be honest like eight years old or whatever but i'd say it was 1992 i think when you had the um it was like a double main event with rick flair against savage and sid justice as he was then against hulk hogan and the ultimate warrior came out i mean i've watched it like recently again on the on the network and it's it's a pretty poor um wrestlemania show to be honest i think that the the best the highlight for me was, I think that was the um, when the Undertaker faced Jake the Snake and uh, Jake the Snake hit him with two DDTs, and that was when you, you know he hit one DDT and you never saw no one get up from them, and he hit him with two, and Undertaker still got up, so that was memorable for that. I mean, so that would that was would be the one I think would stand out for me. Before then, I, I you know obviously I've seen them since we get smothered up, but I, I I would genuinely believe that's my first one that I recall you know watching. What about you, Rocco? When did you first watch WrestleMania or 
fall in love with WrestleMania to be really cheesy. But the, as I, I think I've said before, I think I started watching around the SummerSlam 90. So the first, rest, the first WrestleMania I watched live was seven. Um, obviously, I was at secondary school then, so I, I think because it was obviously on in the middle of the night, I've got a feeling I taped it, watched a bit of it before school, and then went home and watched it. And I used to watch it then. I used to watch it relentlessly every day. So seven was the first one, but after I'd got into it the year before, they had started bringing out all the Silver Vision videos, and they brought out WrestleMania like one, two, three, four, five. So I'd see, I'd seen all them before I actually see WrestleMania seven. So um, I don't know what one come out first. I'm not sure if they didn't they didn't come out in like the proper order. I'm not sure if WrestleMania three come out first, um, but WrestleMania seven was the first one and. You know, I don't know if it was because it was the first one I see, but I think I think it was like it wasn't a bad WrestleMania all in all. I think you know, obviously the career-ending match stole the show really, but Hogan winning at the end and and everything, it was um, it wasn't a bad one. Was that the one when Hulk Hogan fought Sergeant Slaughter? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I mean, it was the Undertaker's debut. Uh, you had the um, Warrior vs Savage as well, I think. There, that was that. I mean, that was that's one of my favourite WrestleMania matches, and obviously Elizabeth getting in at the end, and the, the reunion. I still watch that now on the network. You know that soppy bird with a sort of like curly ginger hair crying her eyes out. Um, who's all the WrestleManias? It was, yeah, it was, you know, emotional. That that was when Sergeant Slaughter was doing his, like, heel turn, wasn't he? And he was getting, um, you know, he, he turned on the United States, hadn't he? You know, he'd been a patriot and he turned on the United States. And I actually saw him interviewed about that and he said he was, you know, they, they were worried about, it was a pretty bold thing to do for the time. I mean, now it wouldn't be looked upon, but when he did it and he turned... You know, he was getting you know legit death threats from people, and you know he was worried about leaving his house and stuff because you know Americans are very patriotic, and at the time, you know, you're talking 1991, he was you know it was more believable then as it is now. People know a lot everything now, but then they didn't. Didn't they have to change the arena because they got a bomb threat, or something like that? It wouldn't no. surprise me. No, well, I think with the arena thing, Paul, I think WrestleMania six was. Um, Ogan Warrior was this Sky Dome in Toronto, and I remember watching it. And basically, they advertised WrestleMania Seven on WrestleMania Six's on the WrestleMania Six show, and they advertised it for the Los Angeles Coliseum, uh, Los Angeles Coliseum, which was must have been where the is where the LA Raiders played football. So they was like Vince done the promo thing, and it's going next year. 100,000 fans are packed into the Los Angeles Coliseum. But yeah, I, I, they switched it to like the, what is probably now the, like the Staples Center. They switched it to the sports arena. Um, and I don't, yeah, I, I can't remember why. I, I think you're right. I think there was something to do with, they was, they was worried about having 100,000 people in an arena, which something like that. It was very weird, like which, I mean, I'm sure they could have filled the 100,000. Um, it was all very weird. I'm, I'll have to check that out. But I'm, if anyone can 
let us know. The, you know. Um, yeah. Go on. No, yeah, yeah. I, um, as we were saying, Sergeant Slaughter, he became. It was to do with the Gulf War. The Gulf War was a big thing at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, so they sent him a pair of winkle picker boots, hadn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Americans being Americans, you know, you disrespect their flag and we'll kill you, is what a lot of them think. So when Sergeant Slaughter or WWF, you know, did do that angle and made that character what it was, a lot of people got very, very upset and upset to the extent that they wanted to blow the whole arena but up. Can you imagine, right, looking back? They did that with Sergeant Slaughter, who was obviously a patriot. Also, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a patriot. But can you imagine if they did it with Hulk Hogan and had him do the heel turn and become like this um, anti-American type figure? I mean, can you imagine the anger it would have created? Oh, God. What if Hogan had... Angels would have fell out the sky. If if Hogan had started coming out with the, um, what was his name? General Adnan, was it? Yeah. Waving oh. the flag, doing the Cobra Clutch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, but that was the, back then, as you say, Paul, it, that was when it was, that was when it was fantasy. And, you know, I mean, I dare say would have got, um, stick then and, and, you know, but as you say, it was a bit more like, you know, a bit more fantasy. Now, it's more sort of like, what they, what I know their, their Twitters are, I think they're monitored a bit by WWE, but they do do podcasts and they do let things slip out their their real life feelings and all that. So like now they just it just be like hounded on Twitter when that's the that's the you know or social media as, as they they're much they're much more open. image conscious now, wouldn't they? They wouldn't do an angle like that because they'd be terrified of upsetting a sponsor or something. But if you remember, they did with the um, in 2005, didn't they have the Mohammed Hassan character? You know, the um, anti, bit like the Rusev character now. Oh yeah, he was, I remember he that. was the the Muslim character, and it just it, they just seemed to abandon it pretty quickly. It it was because that happened around the time that the bomb bombing in London yeah. happened, didn't it? And that, and that killed the character basically. That killed it, but the character was a bit racist anyway, so. Yeah, he was getting a lot of hate. I mean, a bit like they've done this this Rusev Russian character. They, this seems the one that they can always go back to. And Rusev's, you know, he's, he's running with it now. And it seems they love the stereotypes, don't they? And, and the thing is with wrestling, when you have an anti-American character, it, it, it seems to always work because the fans will always, you know, get into it and give the guys hate, you know. And, you know, you can have... Even someone like British Bulldog, who the fans liked, even someone like him, you could have turn on the Americans and say, going yeah. about Britain, or William Regal, it, it would always work. Yeah. I think if, something that sums up that gimmick or that character where you're basically just, a pa- you're, you're patriotic, but you're just not American from whatever you are. Have you ever seen the episode of Futurama where Bender the Robot fights in like a ro- in like a wrestling type of league, and he's fighting a guy called The Foreigner? And the guy goes, I'm the foreigner, I'm not from here. And all the fans start booing him <laughs> for that alone. That's pretty much sums up American wrestling yeah. fans, doesn't it? What they like. Do you know what, though, as you say, um, and I was saying to someone last night, like, it is a surefire way, because the Americans, you know, and, and fair play to them, they are very patriotic, and... You know, it's an easy sell. Like, if they want to make someone a heel, they just get them to, like, 
disrespect the flag or it's like when they go to like oh, yeah. someone, when they go to someone's hometown don't they and they go like uh, or if you've got like a canadian like jericho you know and he'd, he'd be in an arena in america and if they're trying if he's trying to turn heel or you know just turn him heel and he wants the like thing he'll go you know oh, all you people in minnesota you know you 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 know lazy yeah, layouts yeah. american like it's, it's just like the tried and tested, but... Easy heat, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a lazy but easy way to do it, but it's just yeah. pretty lazy now because it's been done so many times. Vince McMahon, um, this was only a few months ago, when they were doing Raw. I think I don't think it was a Raw. I think it might have been a house show. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I just read about it. They did a show in Liverpool, and Vince McMahon came out and said, Liverpool sounds like an old men's skin disease. Now... <laughs> It's not that funny, but he got he got pints of beer thrown at him apparently and everything. So you ever, you ever want to get the crowd to go against it? You just make fun of where they're from. It's easy. They yeah. all do it. They all do it. Um, my first WrestleMania. When I think back to it, was I think it was WrestleMania ninety nine. I'm not sure what number that was. Was it fourteen or fifteen? Fifteen, I think. Fifteen. It was when Austin versus The Rock the first time. Yeah, when it was the Rock was the corporate champion and Austin was like the um, was the guy going fighting against Vince McMahon and the corporation, whatever they were called. Probably when it was at the wrestling was at its biggest, to be honest, in popularity. Yeah. During, during the peak of the Monday Night Wars and the peak of the Attitude Era, I think the Undertaker faced Big Boss Man the Hell in a Cell. I think it was that WrestleMania. I've not watched it in a while, and I think it had it definitely had Butterbean versus Bark Gun. Yeah. That memorable match, who could ever forget that? Where it ended in like 30 seconds because Butterbean was an actual boxer. It was a real fight or boxing match, whatever you want to call it. That was my first one. Uh, I just I love that so much. Austin vs. The Rock is one of my favourite feuds in the history of wrestling. And that was the first big match they ever had together, where it was just those two. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what... what... So, hang on, I mean, we can work out it's 16 years ago, wouldn't it? Um, but, uh, so what was what would that have been? Um, 99. 99, yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that was, like, smack bang in the sort of, like, middle of the, the probably most successful yeah. time, wasn't it, Attitude Era? Yeah, Monday Night War was from 95 to 2001, wasn't it? The, the end of 95 to the beginning of 2001. And the Attitude Era was from about 98 to about 2001, wasn't it? So, yeah, it was right bang in the middle of it when WWF were really starting to kick WCW's ass and when WWF became, or wrestling overall, became a big mainstream thing. Yeah, yeah. What what, what other matches were on that one? Can you remember any? Um, Shane think- McMahon against uh, X-Pac. Mankind versus The Big Show. I think it was The Big Show's first big match in WWF. Kane against Triple H or someone like that. Yeah. Top of my head. And I think there was like an... Um, there was definitely a match for the Intercontinental title. It had Ken Shamrock in it. I just can't remember who else was in it. But yeah. Okay. I, I, I remember it mostly for the main event between Austin and The Rock. And like I said, I, th- I think that was the WrestleMania where Undertaker fought the big boss man. 
I think. I'm not sure if it was the one before. But yeah. all three of their matches were great, though, weren't they? Austin and The yeah. Rock. They're three WrestleMania main events. Oh, definitely. Their one at 2001, which was WrestleMania yeah, 17. When, that's one of my favourite ever. That that's match. that's when Austin joined McMahon, didn't he, at the end? Yeah, apart from, yeah. The, uh, apart from the turn at the end, that, that was... I mean, that, that was yeah. probably the best WrestleMania of all time, I'd say, the whole card. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. I'll go, well, at least one of them, definitely, Kurt. Yeah, it's definitely in the top three or four for me, WrestleMania 17. Well, like I said, it was Austin turning heel at the end. I don't think it was a bad thing. It was just, they made such a mess of it afterwards, didn't they? Because Austin's character just became a big joke. The Rock went away to do his films, didn't he? Triple H got injured. And it was basically just Austin being a guy who hugged Vince McMahon and played the guitar all the time. Yeah, and it just didn't work because he was a guy who was always, you know, he was someone who, you know, he wouldn't sell out, he wouldn't, um, you know, he'd do what he wanted and then to have all the the Monday Night Wars aims to turn, it just didn't make sense. He did it and the fans just didn't bite and they were still cheering him. Yeah. And, like, again, it just couldn't have been any more stupid because he went from being the big badass guy who beat everyone up and wasn't scared of anyone to being a guy who would just run away at the first sight of trouble. But but, when, but speaking about um, WrestleMania 17, when you look at the matches on there, I mean, Austin against Rock, obviously, you got The Undertaker against Triple H, the uh, Tables, Lads and Chairs match, you had oh, yeah. Shane against his dad, that was a great, you had Kurt Angle against Chris Benoit, I mean, what a wrestling match that was. Yeah, I think there was a mental hardcore match as well, wasn't there? Was it Big Show and Kane and, Rick and Raven, where they were just fighting all around the, the cafeteria and stuff like that? Yeah, they were chasing each other and my cars weren't they? And it was just changing hands every like few minutes because every time they cut to a segment, someone else was getting someone and beating them up and yeah. getting the I title. Think, I, I think um, there was one bit of it where Raven, who was the champion, got in a car and drove away. And I think Kane and the referee got another one and drove after him. And I think the big show, like on feet, ran after them. And they were driving <laughs> all around the arena. <laughs> Uh, I um, I mean, I'll have to go back and watch it all. But I, I do watch the um, TLC two match. Um, that's one of my favourite ever matches. If I was going to show anyone a match to get them into wrestling, that's one that I would that I would show them. Where Edge gets speared, where he spears Jeff Hardy from the top of the big ladder, mm. um, and then obviously Shane versus Vince, like you say, I often watch that one. You know, Stephanie looking as fucking horny as ever. Trish. And the... Um, that was when Triple H first started banging her, wasn't it? And Linda, like, having been, like, this, like, so, so cabbage, they, basically. And I had her pills under the, under the pillar and all that. She it? was basically <laughs> a cabbage of the whole match, and then she just gets up at the end to, like, kick him. And that was when he had the spot with Shane McMahon, where he, he basically went from one side of the ring to the other when he put Vince in the one corner and he went Oh, that's when he first done it, the thing at the trash can. <laughs> yeah. What do, they, what do they call that? Um, oh. Coast to coast. That's it. Uh, that, that's what I was going to get to. That, that's, uh, you know, it's another spot, and it's a it's a moment. It's a it's a moment that you watch. You can just search for that and watch. You know, or you know, rather than watch the old match, which I do sometimes, but you forward it to the end when you know Stephanie's fighting, Linda turns, and then like out comes Mr. Socko, and um. And then, you know, and then he does that, puts the trash can there. I mean, you know, slight bloopers, but if you look, when, when Linda does her turn, when she sit, when he gets her in the corner and um, 
when she awakes from a, you know, state that she hasn't been in because she's been hiding the pills under the pillar, and she walks over, and the idea is that she kicks Vince in the great in his grapefruits. Um, but if you notice, his legs ain't open, and he and he sort of like <laughs> does an awkward. If you watch it, watch his legs, and he she walks over to him, and she looks at him as if to say like, "Open your fucking legs." Do you know what I mean? And then he, he like realizes, and then he sort of like he basically just sort of like does on a stride jump. Do you know what I mean? He just he just makes you laugh how she sat through the whole match in that state as well when she was obviously just pretending when she could have just done it at any time. You know what I mean? She just sits until the very end when it's at its perfect moment. I know she she doesn't do anything watching a son apparently get beat up for a good yeah. twenty minutes. She waits until that moment when she just knew that that was the perfect time. Yeah, there was a battle royal I think as well. I can't remember who won it. But it was like one of those gimmick battle royals where all the old-timers come out and basically just do spots. Yeah, I think Iron Sheik may have won that, or... Was it Iron Sheik? I think he was in it. Yeah. Those are just classic memes. That's probably... That and WrestleMania 99... Jim Cornette was in it as well, wasn't he? Yeah. He was in it. I think what was Brother Love was in it as well. Yeah. I love you. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I think I do like Brother Love. I do like Brother Love. He was funny. I, I think the women's match was was it China. It was China's last ever match at the WWF. Not sure. It might have been because she she left around that time, didn't she? Early yeah, it weren't long afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But and, if you uh, if a career in porn awaited. <laughs> oh yes. Oh dear. What, what, um, so if you, I mean, if we, obviously we've done our first, uh, WrestleMania's that we watched and we're talking about 17, which we all rate. So like if you had a, if you had a a top three or like actual WrestleMania's that you, you know, your top three or just any that you would, that you sort of like notably would say like, yeah, that year was a good one. You know, that year was a good one. I'm not saying you've got to go through everyone. I'm just saying, like, is there any, <clears throat> for the ones you've seen, can remember, is there any that you'd recommend to people listening to us or, you know? Yeah, the for me, the, um, I, I always forget the actual numbers, but 1998, um, what was that, 14 or 13, was that? 14, was that I think one, it was. 14, was that the one with Tyson? That's one, yeah, the, you got the Austin, that's when the Austin era started. You got Austin against, um, Shawn Michaels, you got the return of the Undertaker against his brother, Kane, in the match that everyone wanted to see where, you know, Kane should have won that match, I still say. You had um, the out, New Age Outlaws against Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in that crazy dumpster hardcore match. So The actual card, maybe, you know, the lower card weren't that great, but I think those top matches were, you know, top level. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania I think is it was a bit underrated. It's I think it was um was it 2006 the one where Rey Mysterio won. Yeah, the world title. I think that it's not as good as the ones we just mentioned, but I think that's one from the last ten years that's that was quite good because you know it had the it had a lot of emotion in it, didn't it? It was the one after Eddie Guerrero had died, and you know it was the is Rey Mysterio going to win the title for him? It had um. Triple H versus John Cena. Back when John John Cena wasn't really 
what he is now. It was just when the Cena hate was starting to begin, and Triple H tried to, you know, get put him over and make the fans like him, but it didn't really work. There was, the, I think, the Undertaker match. I can't remember who it was with. It was a casket match. It was pretty crap, to be honest. I think if you look through it though, a lot of the actual cards they've never been for for the the biggest event. I think they've always been a bit of a letdown to be honest. There's always been like great moments and mat- individual matches, but from like top to bottom, there's never been for what I'd say you know a, a five star card for example. There's always been a few matches that you just skip through or don't care about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, it, like basically the first WrestleManias one and two. I'm not being horrible. They're shit. They are shit, right? They are shit to watch. I mean, at the time when I bought them on the Silver Vision, you know, they were the ones... I bought them, watched them, and was like, oh, yeah, right, I'll go back to watching the fucking Saturday Night's main event one or the Hulkamania one. Just keep watching that every day rather than than that one. Once I've watched them once, that was it. Obviously, WrestleMania 3... Showed my boys the other day when King Kong Bundy body slammed and elbow dropped the midget. Um, <laughs> and but other than that, I know the Steamboat Savage match is a classic. Um, and you got the uh, the classic Andre the Giant getting slammed, but that actual match was was terrible. Yeah. 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 But the Steamboat uh, Savage is is one of the best matches of all time, though. Steamboat, to his credit, had a decent match with Chris Jericho a couple of years ago. When you consider his age, what is he now near sixty? Yeah, he had great matches with Ric Flair as well. Yes, yeah, I'm talking about four or five years ago. I think it was he faced Chris Jericho, and I think it was like a Jericho versus Legends match. And you know, all the other legends are all sixty with artificial hips and obviously can't move anymore. <laughs> but Steamboat, I think, pretty much carried that match. I remember it. Yeah, I think it was the one where Mickey Rourke got in afterwards and, you know, did a spot. I, remember, I remember, think I remember that, uh, Paul. I, I think, not, 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 I don't remember the whole match, but I remember the, the, you know, the segment Jericho come out and challenging some of the old, I don't know who was in it, was it like Piper and people like that? And yeah, then, I think Piper was in it. It was someone like that, but Piper was a terrible, was terrible in his peak. So but what I mean is the whole match had disaster written on it on paper. But I remember Ricky Steamboat, who is who was got to be in his fifties at the time. He's probably in his sixties now. I remember he did really well. You considering how old he is, I think the whole crowd like were chanting Steamboat, Steamboat, and you still got it, stuff like that. You know when they could see an old wrestler's clearly making a load of effort. What you know, you speak about the like the best ones we've mentioned a few. What about the worst one for the actual card or main event or whatever? Oh, uh, I think probably the, what some of the ones from the last few years. I think you know, yeah. Um, I think the the main one from the nineties, in my opinion, would be the one from Las Vegas, Caesar's Palace, WrestleMania nine. Yeah, it was yeah. nine. Oh. Uh, when Yokozuna got beat by Hogan, I mean that was a yeah, the Undertaker yeah. against Giant Gonzalez in a horrible match. It was just horrible from start to finish, really. Lex Luger making his debut as the narcissist. Yeah, and- crap. And and he had all that sort of like gay music. Sorry, any uh, uh, fans that are that persuasion, but he had like gay music, and he had like mirrors, and it was like a little shitty like it was, it was like someone had stuck an incest candle to the top of this mirror. There was like a little pissy little bit of smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like trickling off the top of this mirror. 
I mean, it, you know, uh, you know, good old JR in a fucking toga. I mean, it was. I mean, it the, was, the main event only lasted about six minutes between Bret Hart and Yokozuna, and then obviously the second main event, which wasn't obviously planned, what well, it was planned, but not to the actual crowd, lasted about twenty seconds. It was just it was terrible. Hogan didn't even take his top off, did he? That top that had like the three holes in the back. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this the other week, didn't I? And I think that that ending was like it, it, it was just weird, wasn't it? Because Hogan wasn't even going to be at that WrestleMania. He'd been off filming Thunder in Paradise. Come back, had the tag team match, him and Brutus against Money Inc. Give away all their money. And then you thought, okay, fair enough. Like, they've brought him back. He's starting to look a little bit old now. Um, and he had that black eye that they never really explained away. And then you thought that was it. He gave out the money and he'd done all these, you know, I'm a real American and he was posing and so was probably I and all that. He'd done, done all that. And you thought, right, okay, he's had his moment. He's had, you know, he's done his pose for the crowd. Didn't expect him to come out and have anything to do with that main event. Do you know what I mean? It still seems weird now that it's just weird, wouldn't it? It just it just made but, no sense at all. But the the one that was even stranger to me was because you can understand even though it didn't make sense, you can understand they tried to get it on Hogan to get the belt to try and go back to what had you know been so good from years before. But you remember the one um, was it WrestleMania 11? I mean Bam Bam Bigelow against that American footballer in the main event. Oh, um, Lawrence yeah, Tyler. That was the, that was the actual main event, and that, that was the main event. That was the main event, and underneath that was Diesel against. He defended his title against Shawn Michaels. You had Bret Hart against Bob Backlund on it. It was that was that was right up there, one of the worst. But that was the actual main event: Bam Bam Bigelow against Lawrence Tyler in 1995. Um, yeah, see, that's. I mean, like, I, I remember. I know the. I remember the sort of like talk of the matches and all that I, perhaps at the time I, you know I was too busy probably getting drunk on fucking hooch and all sorts then I was too busy you know that was a period where I lost a bit of interest between that was when it was at its worst I think yeah yeah which no wonder why I lost interest but I mean then matches it was, I mean Bob back I mean you know that's just you know that's like shit just, just the talk of Bob Backland. I mean he was just you know, like, don't anyone tell me, oh, great technical wrestler. He was shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no, um, not for me. Another one that was terrible was, oh, uh, what are we on? We're on 31 now, aren't we? The next one's yeah. going to be 31. I think the one, what was the one where The Rock versus John Cena for the first time? Um, That was 29, wasn't it? 28, 29. 28, that, yeah. I think the it was the Rock. 28 and 29, I think it, the main event both times was the yeah. Rock versus John Cena. The first time the Rock beat Cena, the year after Cena beat the Rock. But um, on one of those, I remember it being really terrible because, I, as I said, I only I pretty much watch WrestleMania every year and I fade in and out in the meantime. But the world title match was something like 20 seconds long. The Rock versus Cena wasn't for the title the year I'm thinking of. I think it was... Who's the Irish guy? Seamus? Yeah. Yeah, it was him versus Daniel Bryan. And he just kicked him once. And then oh, pinned 17 him. 17 seconds, I think he pinned him in. But 
was that the world title match? It was the world title match. Like, what a way to make the world title just look worthless. If the guy defending it can just get beat that easily. Because, I, I, like, these, I would say, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying, but these last, what, I don't know, five or six WrestleManias, since they moved it to, since they started doing them again in, like, the big, like, outdoor American football stadiums, I mean, what was it, 25, 25, was it 20, um, I mean, obviously you had Sean versus... Ric Flair in the career match in one of them. I think it was 24. Then the following year, you had him fight The Undertaker in probably one of the best matches all time. I think it was 25. Then 26, he fought The Undertaker again in the career-ending match, and this time Sean had to retire. And then obviously 27 and 28, The Undertaker fought... Uh, Triple H. H. It's just when they were running out of ideas for him, wasn't it? So, but I, I, I mean, them... them I mean, obviously, I can't remember. I, I have, you know, I did always watch WrestleMania, but, you know, I can't remember the whole card. Um, but as I say, I'm more of a, like, a moments man rather than watching, like, a whole match. I, I'll watch, like, the, 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 the big, the big yeah, sort of payoff you. moment. But, yeah, like, I'm the same. You know, but what I'm saying is, like, them, them match, them. WrestleManias, I mean, the rest of the card might have had, like, I don't know, fucking Kofi Kingston versus... Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who might have been in it about six years ago. Um, I don't know. They don't hang around long. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. Do they? Whoever. Kofi Kingston versus Big Show. I don't know. Whoever. Um, but, like, them, them... Like, each of WrestleManias, obviously, Ric Flair versus Sean. Sean versus Undertaker both times, then the Triple H versus Undertaker, you know, they were, there's always like one sort of like brilliant match on there, isn't they? I mean, a bit like last year's. I mean, last year's, um, I would say if you was going to watch it, you'd watch the opening segment, you'd watch the um, Brock versus Undertaker, and you'd watch the Daniel Bryan. I mean, the Daniel Bryan Triple H match was, was good, but obviously you knew he was going to win to, to set himself up to get in the, the final. So just, just you know, they would be the sort of like matches. All the rest of it, sort of like, it's just, it's very samey, isn't it? It's like, a, you know, a Divas yeah. Battle Royal, a, a, a Money in the Bank match or a, a ladder match where they, you know. It's a Matt battle... Raw match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what, um, I mean, out of them ones that I've mentioned there, like the, the Undertaker, uh, the two matches with Shawn Michaels, the two with Triple H. I mean, what 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 do you think of any of them? Uh, um, the Shawn Michaels matches were great, weren't they? I think the I think it might have been the first one they had at WrestleMania 25. I think Shawn Michaels says that's the best match of his career. It was a brilliant match. That was like was, yeah, I remember that definitely. I think it was WrestleMania 25 because he didn't retire afterwards. He had a rematch the year after where he did retire, but I'm thinking of the first one. Yeah, yeah, they were both good, but like you say, I think the first one was just was unbeatable. First one, yeah. Do they still use celebrities for WrestleMania? Are they doing that this year? Get like a celebrity involved to do something cheesy in a match or some kind. They said they had Mickey Rourke, 
um, at WrestleMania a couple of years haven't, ago. Haven't they got Schwarzenegger going in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he's going in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Christ. So he's going to be involved somehow. Schwarzenegger's going to do something. How old Schwarzenegger now? God knows. Not, not as old as Sting, I imagine. But... <laughs> he's, I think yeah. he's a pet. The the original one was Mr. T, wasn't it? He was in the first few. What was the one? Uh, how long ago was it that he got Floyd Mayweather? Was that 2008, was it? No, no, I think it was yeah. like, I think, no, it was, it was um, no, because he, um, he fought Hatton in 2008. It was either 2009 or 2010. It was around then. It was just after he fought Hatton, I remember that. But he had some match with the, with the big show. That just made no sense because I didn't know who to cheer for, really, because Floyd Mayweather is not exactly a, a tailor-made good guy, is he? Because he's just so unlikable because he's a prick. Um, the big show was meant to be the baddie, but everyone was cheering for him. But what? I remember... Go on, Pop, sorry, mate. No, I, I remember Floyd Mayweather was meant to be the good guy, but he won the match by hitting the Undertaker with brass knuckles, which is like something that a heel always does. He cheats to win. So, Floyd Mayweather, in the build-up to it, was meant to be the good guy, the hero, the guy who was going to put the big bully, the big show in his place. Yeah, he hit him with brass knucks. He got all his little fans, his fanboys, to interfere. I think, like, don't, don't quote me on this, but I think it might have been Leonard Ellaby. You know, anyone who's a boxing fan will know who, who he, he is. Him and Mayweather are just, like, inseparable. I think he was there with Mayweather at ringside and he jumped in and tried to distract the, the big show at one point and got chokeslammed. I've got to say, though, I've got to say, though, I mean, you know, as most people, you know, think Floyd's an arsehole of flesh, but that that match, like, fair play to him because he took some, yeah, he, he took some chops in the corner, like, big show yeah. done some chops. Because you think you're thinking to yourself, and you're thinking, ah, oh, he's just going to, I mean, he looked like, I mean, he, he looked like one of the big shows, sort of like angles, didn't he? Like he was the yeah. size, of his, he was tiny. But you're thinking, well, a big show's never going to catch him. He's never going to like, he's never going to like get any digs in on him. Floyd's just going to run around and 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 all that. And but he did. We caught hold of him, and he like done some yeah. chops in the corner. <laughs> I think maybe was never going to agree to get beat up at any point, is he? Because he doesn't want to look bad. Even by someone like the Big Show, who's twice as big as him. But yeah, he did. There's one bit of it where the Big Show like slapped him and stamped on his hand, and all his little, you know, his all the guys who follow Mayweather around. He's always surrounded by them everywhere he goes. His entourage, that's the way to look for. His entourage tried to like carry him away, and the Big Show ran after them and basically picked him up over his shoulder and carried him back to the ring like a baby. That's just when it though it's. It's like everyone knows it's not real, but that's when it suspends reality too much. I think it's when it, I mean, when you got a guy who's what, what's Big Show seven four, five hundred pounds against you know a guy who's what five five seven hundred and fifty pounds basically, you know, it's, it, I just think it, it, that obviously they brought him in because they want to you know boost sales you know pay per views and stuff, but it it just looks it just looks too stupid in my opinion. It just looks too obviously fake. And again, I've got, who are we meant to be cheering for? Because Mayweather spent the whole match, or whatever it was, basically being the bad guy. And the, and the whole build-up, basically trying to be the, be the bad guy, whilst Big Show was trying to be the bad guy as well. 
because he was the heel, but Mayweather is just that unlikable. He doesn't know how to be a good guy, I, sort of thing. I, I just think they should do it again, but this time I have Brock Lesnar and Adrian Browner in it. Oh. <laughs> yes. Because I don't think I Brock would miss it. about... Yeah, F5, that little prick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do some of his MMA moves as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he thinks my banner hurts him, Christ. Oh, well, he, um, I, he'd been serious. He, I don't think he'd box again, to be fair. Oh, that match gets my ball then. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of some more. Uh, matches that kind of fly under the radar that you don't hear about. There's one I had in my brain, but it's gone. It's gone. Um, I don't know about a, a match of right now, but what about um, the Undertaker Kane at WrestleMania when they fought in? You know, basically, Undertaker had been he hadn't been seen like, for months, and he came back for this fight against Kane, and it, you know, it was an anticipated match. And um, just when he that, went that, from being the biker to being the dead man again. No, this was the first time they fought. This oh. was when like he'd been gone for a while, and. No, Kane was indestructible and all that, and they had Pete Rose come out and like troll the crowd and really um, get the heat. And then Kane, who was obviously a bad guy, that's when he came out and tombstoned him. I mean, it was just—I think that was a crazy moment that no one expected at the time, and the fans, everyone was cheering it. It's still on. If you go on YouTube, it's one of the most watched wrestling clips, you know, of wrestling. Yeah, one that's coming to my brain that I was thinking of. It's probably memorable for the wrong reasons. Was. Do you remember Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg? Oh, God, yeah. A match that on paper should have been amazing, but it was just an absolute disaster. Was that WrestleMania 20? Um, 2004. Yeah, 2004, I think it was. He just... Yeah, well, Goldberg couldn't wrestle, and he was only brought in for the money, wasn't he? He just... Yeah. He, Brock... he was leaving because he'd got his money, and he got fed up, and Brock Lesnar was leaving to go and do MMA, wasn't he? Or at least start to do MMA. Yeah, when he gonna be an NFL player when he left at first? Yeah, or... something like that. Yeah, he tried to he tried out in the NFL, didn't quite make it to the top level, and then decided to just jack it in and do MMA for a while instead. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was a big I like Goldberg, but yeah, I remember that match. What's the one? Um, was it? Le- no, it was no, it was Lesnar versus Kurt Angle when he done the fucking. Oh, yeah. off the top rope and, and I think even I read something from Kurt recently saying that he thought like when he see how he landed he thought oh my god he's dead do you know what I mean because he, he said he landed right on his fucking head or his neck do you know what I mean yeah he didn't quite that was the year before I think Jeez. WrestleMania 19 2003 the match with was that when it was Brock Lesnar, and he was feuding against Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle's little sidekicks. Yeah, he had, um, was it Shelton Benjamin he had with him, or...? Yeah, someone someone like that, yeah. Well, that, that, that match again, that's another one that flies on the radar. That's exactly the type of thing I was thinking of. If you go back and watch it, it's a great match between two great, real wrestlers. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of spots in it, but a lot of genuinely top, top wrestling because both guys are amateur wrestlers and they've got real credentials sort of thing. They're not just, you know, spot workers. I tell you it was a great match as well. Um, the man who they don't want to talk about, Chris Benoit, in the triple threat with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. When he won the title. Yeah, that was the same year Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, wasn't it? Yeah, that was... And 
10 years before, you had the uh, Bret Hart against Owen Hart match at WrestleMania, which opened the show. That was another great technical match. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, so, what was that? Was um, was that the same WrestleMania as the Sean Razor Ramon ladder match? Yep, ninety four. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, yeah, what that... I, um, like as as I said, one, two, shit, three, pretty shit, but it was a massive crowd, and Hogan done the body slam. Four was the tournament, which was pretty shit. <laughs> Five, like. Um, in a macho man at, at the time you'd have been like you know really invested in it six I liked because when they, that was the first time when they come out in them little cart things the little ring ring buggies and all that um, you had like Jake the Snake versus Million Dollar Man that feud come to like was brought to a head um, uh, Andre the Giant turned on Bobby the Brain it, it was that. That was a good. Like obviously, that had um, a lot of the old WWF era sort of like top guys in it. You know, Andre's, Mister Perfects, Ogun Warrior, uh, Million Dollar Man, Jake the Snake. All your sort of like big favourites. That's one worth worth a look. Um, and then I'll say seven. Seven was. Quite not a bad one. I wish a, a match at WrestleMania 7, which never gets a lot of credit, I think, was the Big Boss Man and Mr. Perfect. It, it, it's a really quick match. It's over in about five or ten minutes. But it's just, it, it's it's like from the start, it's just a, it's just sort of like non-stop. Do you know what I mean? That was when yeah. big, big Boss Man had like lost a shitload of weight. He'd been going to Weight Watchers. And um, it, it's just a really good match. It don't last long. It's only about uh, five or ten minutes long. It's worth a watch. What do you think about the Iron Man match between Sean and Brett? Because a lot of people love it, but a lot of people think maybe it's a bit bit boring. I think it's overrated. Yeah, I do. If it had been 20 minutes long, it would have been okay, but it just went on for too long. It was was too technical, I think. Yeah, there were stuff that they could have done in two or three minutes. They were dragging it out for a good ten minutes just to fill time. And wrestling can it, it can lose your interest very very easily when it's not fast paced enough. I think at least for me anyway. If you watch that match again, the crowd. I mean, take out the opening ten minutes, take out the last ten minutes. The crowd are pretty dead for most of that match because it's just a lot of you know the holds and you know flipping out of holds and you know basically a lot of rest spots. I think maybe they were worried about doing the hour at the time. Probably. Do you think um? Because someone said about, like, can you ever see them? Because I haven't done an Iron Man match for a few years now, but someone said, can you ever see them doing an Iron Man match again, or at least at a, like a pay-per-view? I mean, I, I, I can't. Can you? I don't think they've got anyone who could work one. No, I, I think it's it not, is. There's no point. Yeah, I, it's tough now because... Yeah. I think it's changed in the fact that a good match now is about multiple kickouts. You know, a guy gets tombstone five times and kicks out, and I think it's the instant, the quick win. I think now, you know, like before they used to set up the move, finishing moves. They hit the finishing move, then it was over. Now it's more, it's it's out of the blue and it's over. I, I don't think that would work now in an Iron match because obviously, if, say someone like Cena out of the blue, he hits his, his finishing move. Then it, you know he wins, and then obviously they have to still carry on. I think it loses it loses its appeal that way. 
And as I said, I don't think anyone anyone could really work in Alan Alan, could they? I mean, Daniel Bryan maybe could, but who else? I don't think Cena could. Or guys, guys, if they did go an hour, it would, again, it would just be a lot of rest spots and it would be boring. Yeah, it, it, couldn't it, have a, a good pace match. You're looking at you're looking at probably Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins, I think, as a main event would would be able to pull it off because they're the guys who are probably yeah. good, good enough and fit enough to do it. The rest of them are a lot older and you know, obviously... Randy Orton, so... Orton, Cena, Ryback, um, Roman Reigns, they haven't got a prayer of doing an hour. Or at least no. not an hour that's worth watching. No. Do you know what, though? The thing is with that <clears throat> is that aren't we you? And, and nowadays, society, we're like... We, we are used to like getting what we want there, there and now. I mean, it's like me with now with Raw. Like, you sky plus it. Back in back years ago, you used to watch it live because it'd be on like Friday night at ten o'clock. You you'd watch Raw, you know, and so you couldn't fall with nothing on. Or you know, even if you taped it, you, you once you press play on your video, you didn't have remote control. You you just like watched it all. But now, like, I stick Raw on and I put the start on. See that like see them set up, or there's normally a like a big start to the proceedings, you know, where it's normally like the authority comes out, blah blah blah. And then I forward through the whole lot of it pretty much to the end or any bits that I like that you know but it's not like it was back in sort of like the attitude era where there was like people getting like assaulted backstage and hardcore matches and all that. You know, I'm I am a I do end up forwarding and it's like a match. Like, you know, obviously I do appreciate and I've sat through all these sort of like Oh, what a great 20-minute, you know, match. But to be honest yeah, I know what's coming. I just need to see the payoff at the end. Do you know what I mean? I know, you know, Brit Hart and doing all these moves and, you know, the, the um, oh, sleeper, as we said the other week, and the bear hug and the abdominal stretch and all that. But, you know, I don't have to sit through them three minutes of an abdominal stretch now. Do you know what I mean? Like... While the referee drops the arm once, and he drops the arm a second time, and a third time he starts to drop. Oh, he's shaking his arm. Do you know what I mean? If, that, hap- if that happens nowadays, someone's gonna, someone would just write on Twitter, "I'm bored." Exactly. This is this is taking too long. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's it's. I think that's a society that we are now. Do you know what I mean? But no I patience. Exactly. I think, and I am man match. I know they used to say, like, oh, back in the old NWA days, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk and Steamboat, they'd have these hour-long matches, like, every night at a house show. Do you know what I mean? Which, great, brilliant. If you was at that house show, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, that was just guys, I suppose, at the time. It was probably a bit like being a footballer back in sort of, like, the 80s, where they used to play football and then go out on the piss and shag page three birds and all sorts. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, that was probably a, a, an era where Flair and that was on the road and they weren't getting flown around in jets. They was, you know, driving from town to town and, you know, all steaming into Medusa and Missy Eye and whoever else and groupies and all sorts. Do you know what I mean? But it was probably a good, you know, they were probably all on the piss and coke and everything. Do you know what I mean? And then, But they was like having fun. They'd go out and have like an hour long match with their mate. You know, it was, it was, it was 
you know, that's what they did at the time. But as you say, you put an you put an hour match on now, and I'll be bored shitless, and I'll just forward it till it gets to like fifty eight minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You've got Sky Plus now. You can just fast forward, can't you? One, one, a question for you, mate. You remember when they had these like um, whoever's got the most pinfalls after twenty minutes or Iron Man match, and it's always like three pinfalls each going into the last 10 seconds and then someone gets pinned and you know when they've done it and and like someone's pinned the guy and the referee's counted to two and then the clock's run out and you think to yourself how do they time that so well i don't know they must be they must spend they must spend weeks practicing it wasn't they because when they get ready for a match when they get ready for a match like that the two guys in it probably won't have a match in the weeks leading up to it on you know the TV show, they'll just spend weeks doing promos and stuff, to save their energy. And, and don't forget, the ref has got an earpiece as well, and um, yeah, he'll be told, you know, we got five minutes left, and you know that he, he obviously relays it to the wrestlers, and then he relays yeah. two minutes going to the final spot, and obviously the he'll uh, have someone in his ear saying, "All right, count now, count now, count now, get on the, yeah. you know, this is where it's going to happen," or only count to two this time, the guy's going to kick off, kick out, so don't count too quick. But I'm sure there's been ones where, where it's been like, I don't know, let's say the the the, the face is tr- like trying to win the belt and it's three pinfalls each, and he he's like doing his moves on him and he hits his big move with like five seconds left and he covers him and as the referee gets to two, the clock gets to zero and strikes, you know, and that is like that is like impeccable timing. I mean, even if I agree with you, the, the, obviously the referee. Is directing all that, but like he's actually got to say to him, right? There's, right, there's 20 seconds left. Do your move. That's got to be really down to a lot of fine art, and it to get that where he counts to two as the clock it's zero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they can't rush and they can't be too slow. Like I said, I reckon they probably um, train for those matches together. Whether it's I don't know, maybe they set up little mini training rings or whatever in the um, during the week, and they go down to. I know they do it now. The WWE headquarters, they go there and rehearse the matches. Apparently, Sting think... and Triple H, Sting and Triple H apparently have been rehearsing their match for weeks because Jesus Christ, they're going to need to rehearse if they're going to make it any good, considering how old Sting is. Oh, but he is. Oh no, I was going to say something. Um. Bit forgetful sting with the old age and keeps forgetting how, where the moves go and all that. What do you reckon? Oh, come on, man, don't be cruel. No, <laughs> uh, I, I hope he remembers to put his teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though? Like, because there was talk, wasn't there, of when sting come in, like when it was um, obvious that he was coming into WWE and everyone was going, like, he's going to have a WrestleMania match, he's going to have a WrestleMania match. Who should it be against? And a lot of people wanted it to be against Taker. And you look at it and you think to yourself, like, as we've said, he looks really old and he looks like a shell of his former self in, in this match. But I think I am worried what Undertaker's going to look like. Yeah. If, if Sting looks terrible, then what the fuck's the Undertaker? Christ. I, I don't know why he's still going, to be honest. The streak's over. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. I just think you know, maybe they're you know he's going to come out for one last match, you know, do his ring walk, 
win the match, and that, hopefully that will be the end now because he just looks terrible. He can't do much now. He, he's he's old. He's he's had a great career. I think it's about time. Um, he just called it a day. Well, I, I think I said to you that you know he had the two matches with Sean, twenty five and twenty six. Then he had the two with Triple H, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. He fought Punk, and obviously thirty, he lost to Lesnar. Now the Punk one was was sort of like to me the one at Triple H when the, the end of an era one when Shawn Michaels was the referee. That to me should have been the end. It was the match with Builders end of an era. He just had two of his best ever matches with. Uh, Shawn Michaels and he couldn't beat him he then had a good match with Triple H who couldn't beat him then the following year it comes back, Shawn Michaels is the referee, it ties in the last the previous three Wrestlemanias perfectly together end of an era, again another one brilliant match pin falls and it, you know and everything, near falls and then he wins that to me should have been end of an era that should have been the end. Because it should have been the end for Triple H and Undertaker for me. Because what's Triple H? Triple H can still have a good match. But, you know, what's the point to me? What, what's the point, really, now? He's better just keeping his suit on, isn't he? And being the authority. Yeah. But do, do you agree, Kurt, that that, that would have been a, a, a fitting end to the Undertaker's career? That end of an era one? Yeah, I think it just it's gone on too long. I mean, I I can see why they're keeping him around. I mean, people want to experience. It's not just it's the matches are not that great now, are they? Because of his age and whatnot. And you know, you're not going to expect much from the matches, I I imagine. But it's like the whole experience of having him come out. You know, doing his ring walk, the lights going you know off, and all that. That's you know, but people want to like long time fans who've never you know been there and, and seen it they want to experience that so I can understand why they keep wheeling him out and why they might want to you know try and keep him going for another few years I mean if he only has to wrestle once a year I mean he, you know even as old as easy I'm sure he can manage that so it just depends what he wants to do I, I think but I think he he should have he should have gone by now to be honest well like I mean it's along the lines of if I can liken it a little bit to boxing like when you have Mike Tyson when he lost the first time, it was like, oh, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, he ain't supposed to lose. Like, he, he lost a bit of his um, thing. Now, we know Undertaker's lost matches, but for him to lose the streak, like, last year, no, I never thought he'd, they would ever, like, make him lose that. Um, when he lost the streak last year, that, to me, should have been, right, the end. Bringing him back this year against a lot of young, up-and-coming guy, like, I can't see where this goes. Like, well, obviously, we're going to have this discussion tomorrow on the, the WrestleMania preview show with the rest of the guys, but I can't see, like, where this goes with him. Like, you know, either he wins or he loses. If he loses, what is the point? Like, I mean, and next year, just to let, as we've said before, next year's WrestleMania is in Texas, is in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. They're going to try and break the record. So they are going to need some big matches to try and, like, fill that stadium, 108,000 or whatever they want to do. Plus, it's in his own state. So there's been talk of him 
going in the Hall of Fame, but I think they'll want him on the card next year. And as you say, Kurt, all right, wrestling once a year, but it's like a boxer. If you only fight once a year, surely when you're his age, whatever he is, like nearly 50, your joints and all that start to seize up. And if you ain't, you know, if you stop running, when you try and go for a run, you know, you're, you're fucked after like two minutes, isn't you? You know what I mean? You're, as you get older, you, you, it creeps, it's, it's old age, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're in agreement basically that he shouldn't be wrestling anymore at all. He shouldn't be wrestling this year and he definitely shouldn't be wrestling next year, even though it's in his home state. Because even if he does manage to, you know, even if he has got 20 minutes in him, because he's got a match that goes 15, 20 minutes, it's not going to be any good. Because he's at the age now where it doesn't matter who he wrestles, it's just nothing. Really, it's nothing any good. Yeah, I, I just think they should have me going in the Hall of Fame next year. That's that's the I think that's the best. He's having his match yeah. now. Nothing that can change that now. So let him have this match. I imagine he's going to win this match, even though I don't think he should, because what's he going to do to Bray Wyatt? It's just going to kill his character, I think. But, you know, having win this match, that's what they'll probably do. And then I think that should be it, and then go in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I think that's the perfect way. Yeah, I agree with what Rocco was saying when you say, now that he's lost the streak, there's just there's no point in him. There's no point the fans emotionally investing in his matches anymore sort of thing, because he's got nothing else worth wrestling for. We, we know he's not going to win the title again or be in a title feud. He's not going to be, you know, feuding against Triple H, really, as far as he likes Sting is. You know, he's not going to be one of those, you know, hero-type characters. The only reason he was wrestling for the past four or five years was to defend his streak at WrestleMania. And now that that's gone, it's it's like, what's the point? Sort of thing. It's it's like a, club, a, a football club that's been relegated, you know, it's it's over now. So what's the point in them even still playing, or something like that? But we'll wind it down now. Go on, Rocco. Go on. No, no, I'm with you. I think I think, like you say, he's never going. He's not going to wrestle full time. He's never going to ever win a title again. He's never going to be in a long feud. His sole selling point was the street. Yeah, that's what and, I'm and, and you know, and 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 I can see why they broke it. Oh, don't get me wrong. I never ever thought they would. And people used to people last year and for the last couple of years have said, you know, who could he lose it to? And people were actually saying about a year ago that he should lose it to Roman Reigns or Bray Wyatt, someone like someone up and coming to set up like that geezer's career. You know, as like he's the geezer that beat the Undertaker. They stuck it on Lesnar, which like. You know, and you could say it's sort of been successful yeah. in in parts, but the problem with Lesnar is he's not a young up and coming guy. He's 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 a guy who's been there and done it, and he's like pretty much like over the hill, doesn't work a full schedule, and you know Lesnar was a beast anyway. But when they brought Lesnar back about three years ago, they built him as like this beast, the UFC champion, the beast. He come back, he fought Triple H. Yeah, he broke his arm and all that. But then Triple H, when they had their big payoff match at SummerSlam, Triple H beat him. He broke John Cena's arm. And when they had their big match at WrestleMania, John Cena beat him. So, like, he's come back as this beast. But when, when, it's, come, when it's push comes to shove, he's lost the biggest matches. 
Yeah. What was the point, so, really? You know, so they've stuck with the the, the the man who broke the streak on it, but now it looks like he's going to fuck off back to UFC, or even if he does stay, you know... He's not going to be anything better than he already is, is he? No. So what was, what was they, the point in him even winning it? They should have had him lose to Kane. At night, yeah, uh, I, at night, I yeah. like that. That's well, when being full circle, have they it, done that? Yeah. It would have built kind of once. I mean, Kane came in at um, the Hell in a Sound match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. He came in, interfered the match, Tombstone Undertaker, and then he was like, he was coming out on Raw every single night, just beating everyone up. He he was beating on no one could stop him. He beat up Mankind. He beat up Vader in their matches, and he was golden the Undertaker, you know, daring him to fight, and Undertaker was saying, "No, oh, I can't do it." And then finally. Know he had enough, and they agreed to fight. And you know, Kane, he should have, he should have beat him, and then they could have had Kane as the what basically what Brock Lesnar is now. But they could have had Kane do that for like two or three years, you know, yeah. where he's basically like a a Michael Myers of Halloween, where you know you 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 can beat him up or hit him, and he just he won't stay down. And they could have done him a bit like they had the Undertaker when he first came in, but yeah. once he lost, he he wasn't think- indestructible. Thing with Kane is, and I feel sorry for him in the sense that the biggest matches of his career, whether it be against the Undertaker or someone else, he's always lost them, hasn't he? He's lost to the Undertaker at WrestleMania about two or three times. He's, I think, I think he might have had one or two runs with the world title, but he didn't have them very long. I think it would have been a really nice way for the for WWE, to, you know, to shake Kane's hand and say, you know what, you've worked for us for about. 15, 20 years now, you've been such a great person that we're very glad and we're going to let you beat the Undertaker. You can't believe that. He's been in it for so long because he's pretty he's pretty terrible. I mean, I haven't cared about his character for years now, but it's just how he's got a career so long and obviously a multi-millionaire now. It's quite amazing when you think about it. But when you see him, as you say, Kurt, when, when you see him, and he'd come in at that L in a cell and he, he'd rip the cage open, come in and all that. I remember all that when he used to come out and, you know, just interfere in everyone's match on Raw and just come out and squash everyone. As you say, it was a bit like when The Undertaker first come in and, you know, them first years, people used to hit him and he used to, he never went down. And when he ever did go down, like, he popped back up. But then once they lose that, once they turn him from Kane into, like, oh, now he's Kane, like, wearing a suit and all that, he doesn't do all that. Like years ago, people used to do their finishing moves on him, and he and he just used to like just stand there and like with his mask on and mm. or just get straight back up. And then like now, you've got people like now someone like kicks Zach, him and he falls on the floor injured. Yeah, and people like Zack Ryder are pinning him, and and you know it's like, oh please, do you know what I mean it's like just just I know he's got to earn a living and and you just and think that, the but, times up for him and Big Show. I mean. To be honest, I think that they've stolen a living for the past few years. I mean, they're terrible now. They're both, you know, big fat guys who can't do much. They're just, you know, they're there for what, just on name basis. But, you know, I just they're, they're still like main event in Raw and SmackDown and stuff. That's why I just think, you know, I can't bother with this. Yeah, my point was that no character in the WWE or wrestler has got more history with the Undertaker than Kane has. Or no one's got more history with him who's still there, because guys like Shawn Michaels, you know, have got have gone, and guys like Austin, and Kane's first big match or most of his big matches in his career have all been against the Undertaker, and he's lost almost every single one of them. I just think it would have been a good way for both the characters to come full circle if they had one last match, one last big rivalry, 
at Mania and Kane finally beat him and finally and finally got his payoff because the Undertaker in every few he's ever had with Kane he's come out on top and it would have been nice for you know in storyline he's not really his brother but in the storyline he is for his brother to be the guy who finally topples his streak and puts him down for good and, and if, if he was to lose whether it be you know to whoever it is or Bray Wyatt whatever if he was to lose is he going to be is he going to suffer a bad loss where he gets you know put in the casket and that's it for him or is he going to I mean I can't see him losing to be honest but this is what I'm saying like it's not anything it's like fools and horses like you know you'd have a Christmas special it'd be really funny and then you know everyone demanding like you want it next year you want it next year but they go off and they think no no we do other things and then everyone's crying for it to come back and when it comes back it's like it's not as good and 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 it's like it's it's not got the old thing you know what i mean and that's what i liken it to and as much as we all want to see undertaker every year i look back now and i think the match with punk yeah it's all right Oh, Lesnar won last year. He looked fucked, and he looked like an old man. Like, like. Another twelve bumps on top of that. I mean, it's not. He's not. He's not, not going to get any better, is he? He's only going to go one way, and that's down now. And now the streak. I mean, the, the only reason he was relevant was the streak. Now that's kind of. I, I just don't see the point myself, to be honest. That's, that's exactly. That's that was my point. It's like you either never let him get beat, or if you let him get beat, like people were saying. You let him lose it to a young up-and-coming guy, a guy who can like take it on the like you know. Let's say Bray Wyatt had, had beaten him last year for the streak. Bray Wyatt could have then been like this unbeatable, awesome figure. Do you get what I mean? Or Roman Reigns? I mean, they're he's a bit green, but there was even talk. The, the names that they were mentioning like before last year were Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, or John Cena to beat him at WrestleMania. To end the streak. That's if they said like if anyone was gonna end it. Um, but I think now he's lost it. It's a bit like Mike Tyson when he lost to Danny Williams, and you you think it's all right. That's it. Like you've got to call it a day. But then to come back and to lose to that Peter fucking McNeil, or you know, like to absolute nobodies. I don't want to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd rather that he had called it quits after the end of an era match. But if he's gonna come back. Like, I understand, like, now, like, they, they stuck, like, Lesnar beating him. And, and that was, because I never ever thought he would get beat. So that was, I mean, like that geezer there, the guy, the, the geezer last year, the, where he's, like, his mouth open, like, with a big bulging eye. It's like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was, like, you just never see it coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I can see why they did it. But I do wonder whether... They've stuck it on the wrong person because now Brock looks like he's going to do one anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's um, a sh- you know I do think it's a it's could have been. I mean we're nitpicking, but I think it would have been nice looking back now in hindsight if he'd called it quits at the end of an era match. But yeah, they made a snap decision in giving it to Lesnar, and they're probably regretting it now. You can't change it. Because surely they would if they could go back, but oh well. We'll we've had a good chat about Undertaker and his streak. Shall we'll wind down now and we'll go back to the original topic of 
we'll finish off with this. I think this is a nice question to finish off with. Um, a Mania match that didn't happen that you would have liked to have seen when both guys were at the peak. I'd like to saw Hogan against Flair in 92, which was looking like it was on the cards and then they pulled out and then they swapped it and put Flair in with Savage and Hogan in with Sid. I think that would that would have been... That would have been not. I mean, we saw it in WCW a couple of years later, but on the grandest stage, the biggest stage, I, I would like to see that fight. You know, maybe Hogan wasn't at his peak or whatever, or Flair, but, you know, they were close to their peak. And these two guys weren't at their peak, but Austin and Hogan, I think that would have been great to see. Even though The Rock Hogan was great as well, but I think Austin Hogan would have been better. Rocco, you got a match that you would have loved to have seen that didn't happen? Um, not that I can think of, you know. I'm, I'm look. I'm trying to think back, and I mean, most matches happened. I mean, obviously, um, between sort of like WWF guys, all right, it might not have been at WrestleMania, but we see most matches between all the big names. Um, I think everyone who could have fought at the time they was in there pretty much did. I mean, unless you're going to say things like. Warrior versus Goldberg, people who were in it at different times. I mean, you know, pretty much everyone has fought each other, but it might not have been at a mania. But I'm, I'm trying to wreck my brains and think. Well, what yeah, if... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you mine when you think then, yeah? Go on, mate. My, my, mine would have been Shawn Michaels versus The Rock. WrestleMania. For me, the two of the best in-ring workers ever. And unfortunately, they just missed each other really, didn't they? Shawn Michaels... You know, took his four-year break just as The Rock was becoming a big star, and then by the time Shawn Michaels came back, The Rock was on his way out the door to Hollywood, wasn't he? Well, both yeah, those yeah. guys—they they both wrestled everyone there was to wrestle, didn't they? They both wrestled Austin. They both wrestled Triple H. They both wrestled Taker. They both wrestled um, who's the other guy? I can't—I can't think. But they fought everyone except each other, and they just—they ever so slightly missed each other, didn't they? If The Rock would have hung around for another year before leaving, he could have had the match with Michaels. If Michaels would have stayed around for another year before he went off of his injury, he probably could have faced The Rock. It was just a shame they missed each other. I think it would have been really, really great to see. It's a bit cheesy. They call them storytellers, don't they, in the ring? Both athletic guys who can make anyone look good. To see two great guys like that have a match at Mania, I think it would have just been amazing. It would have been a 30-minute match that I would have watched all the way through. That match, I think. I would have liked to have saw, um, thinking of it now, which was looked like it was going to happen as well, the rematch between Sean and Brett. Like Obviously a normal match, not an Ironman match. That was supposed to happen at uh, WrestleMania 97, but you know, Sean Michaels got injured and then they had to switch it. And, you know, we... We still got a great match between Brett and Austin, if you remember the submission match. But you know, at the time, I, I really wanted to see the rematch between those two in a in a normal, you know, like thirty minute match. Yeah, I I I, I think with you, Paul. I think that that you know, because I can remember most people fighting most people that were in it, but it might not have been at a mania. But yeah, I would say um, I'd go with uh, the Rock and. And um, Shawn Michaels, I think that's one that we never probably two of the best of all time what, that we never ever see. What about though? 
an instant rematch between Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. That was. Do you know what? When we said about that WrestleMania Seven was going to be in that in the Los Angeles Coliseum, apparently the plan was that they was going to fight. Um, they was going to have a rematch at WrestleMania Seven, and Hogan was going to win. That was the plan. But then I don't know if it was because of the Gulf War starting that I don't know what 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 it was. Something I've read before, I can't remember exactly, but the Gulf War had started, and that's why obviously they 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 gave slaughter the belt at the Royal Rumble, and 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 done it as a. I don't know why, but there was something else. But that was the original plan for it to be Hogan and Warrior the rematch at WrestleMania. So I think they changed it. I mean, from what I heard, they obviously when Warrior beat Hogan at the year before, he was like the guy. They wanted to carry the, the, the company for the next, you know, years, five, six years. They looked at him as a guy like Hulk Hogan who'd been, do, who'd been doing it for years in the 80s. But I think halfway through, there was like, there was issues going on, like things over money. And they started to look at him and say, this guy's not trustworthy. You know, he, you know, he was threatening to just leave him. And, you know, and I think they looked at Slaughter, especially maybe the Gulf War. Obviously, a trustworthy guy. Maybe they didn't. They were worried that Warrior wouldn't drop the belt to Hogan, so they put it on Slaughter to drop the belt to him, which worked out. It wasn't long after that Warrior left, and it, when he did leave, he was basically fired because he was given a chance over steroids. He got caught with, and then he, he held up the SummerSlam main event. He said, "I'm not, not, I'm not wrestling unless you give me what half a million dollars, I think it was." But they gave him money, but then said you're fired anyway. So I think he was. He wasn't trusted in like at that time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you, you know, you're right, but there was something um, that was the original plan apparently for him to have the rematch and Ogun to probably beat him, but um, yeah, it was, it was, um, but that obviously they did end up having a, another match in WCW when. Oh God. Which uh, uh, which was at you know I mean I watched that warrior thing on the network that you know and he spoke about it on there and he knew how terrible it was do you know what I mean but he he just went there for the money but um, that was Hogan exercising his creative control there to get his win over him you know so yeah so we I mean imagine like. As I say, I'll go with Paul with HBK and The Rock. But, I mean, other than that, everyone pretty much fought each other. I mean, Luger wasn't in there for long. Um, but, I mean, you look back now and you think, what, you know, if Sting had gone into WWE in, like, 1990 or something like that, you know, I mean, it would have been, you know, Sting Warrior, you know, Sting Taker. He, he could have had some... You know, and even perhaps later on, Sting Austin, things like that. You know, you could have had some uh, cracking stuff, but you know, we have to see what what sort of Sting turns up on Sunday. Well, I just you just got to wonder. I mean, will he have finished Bingo by the time he's joined in the ring? <laughs> will he will he get home using this boss pass or? I like Sting. I, I feel bad for him, and he's gonna have a walking stick. But you, 
thing about Sting is, I think he's got to be one of the most respected wrestlers out there. Because he was with WCW, basically, on the, like, he started with WCW. He could have went at any time, really. I mean, WWF would have loved to have had Sting. He was huge in the 90s. I mean, he, he, came, he started really getting big in the, the end of the 80s when Ric Flair was... Was was getting a bit, was getting older, you know. But Sting, he didn't just have the look. He showed in his matches with Flair, they had an Iron Man match, and he showed that he, you know, he could wrestle as well. And he he, he could have he could have, you know, in about '95, his character was look was getting old, and it was, it was stale. And he come came back with the Crow. He, he could have jumped any time, but he, he stopped with him, and he he went down with the ship when he didn't have to. A lot of other guys jumped for the money, but he he, he was loyal, and even when he left. Um, when WCW finished, he could have went there then, but he he, he wasn't really by what you by what you hear, he he wasn't really sure how WWF at the time yeah. would would deal he, with his character. He was worried that that everything he'd worked cared, for. He cared more about what his fans thought than he did yeah. going and getting the easy money because he knew if he went to WWE, his character would probably be badly misused. It would ruin his image in the eyes of the fans. Yeah, and he cared he cared more about keeping his fans happy yeah. and making sure they remembered him for the right reasons rather than he did just getting a paycheck. I mean, I heard, I heard an interview with him a year ago and he, I think it was Jim with Jim Ross, I think. Jim Ross asked him, you know, are we ever going to see him in WWE? Because he wasn't really, he'd, he'd retired or he hadn't really said he retired, but he hadn't wrestled, he left TNA and he, he was basically saying, you know, I, I still believe I've got one match left in me. I'd, I'd like it to be a big match. You know, the fans, my fans, you know, want, want me to have you know a big match. And they keep asking me if I can, you know, just do it one more time. So I think it's one of those ones where, you know, he knows himself he's not anywhere near his prime. But I think he, he, he's a guy who, you know, who respects the fans, respects, you know, all the, the support he's had over the years and... Uh, this is just, you know, this why, yeah, we we'd, we'd love to see it 20 years ago, 15 years ago, but he's one wrestler who I'm glad he's having his his WrestleMania moment, even if it is, you know, probably not going to be very good. But one thing with Sting, you know, he'll he'll give his all in the ring to try and make it as best as he possibly can. And Triple H has shown in the past, you know, with someone like Shawn Michaels, he 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 can help them have a good match. And I just hope he Triple H, you know, puts on his best as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've got, I haven't got high hopes at all for Sting doing well this year's Mania, but I really hope that it's not too bad because <laughs> a guy like him, even though he's left it way, way too late to come to WWE, a guy like him still deserves to go out on a high sort of thing. And you just, you just hope the fans in attendance are like, they're not just, you know, obviously they, young they kids. They even know who he is. Yeah, you, you just hope that you know all the fans in the crowd. If you know, because you, know, you get maybe idiots booing, you you gotta respect the guy that he's old. He's he, you know, he's gonna give his best. And that's all you can ask of him. And you know, yeah, what what if you go in there expecting, you, you know, if you go in there expecting a fantastic match from a prime sting, you're gonna be disappointed. So go in there expecting not anything great. And you know, you know, we might be surprised. And it might be better than what we think. Have any of you lads got anything else to add about either this year's mania or a mania from the past? No, I think that's about covered it, I think. I think we've covered it. You you got anything to say, Rocco, mate? No, no, no. I think we've... Um, yeah. we've I, I, I think we need Rocco. We need to hear Rocco's uh, stinger shout. Go on, Rocco. Oh! That's the article one, eh? That's the, that's the only one I remember. <laughs> it's good enough. 
Yeah. Well, we've we've talked a bit about we've, about this year's Mania. You know what we expect from it from the likes of Sting and Taker. We've talked a lot about our favourite Manias from years gone by. WrestleMania, whether you're still into wrestling or not, if you've ever watched wrestling at any point, then WrestleMania every year is probably going to be the one time of year where you do give wrestling a look again. It's the, it's the one part of the year, maybe the Royal Rumble can count as well, but WrestleMania is definitely the time where everyone kind of gives WrestleMania a bit of a nose and sees if there's anything on because it's it's like a big event. It's like the Super Bowl or the Champions League final. I don't know, some other big high-profile sports events every year. It's when the whole world takes an interest in it. And I'll probably watch it this year. I'm not going to buy it on pay-per-view or anything, but I'll probably watch it uh, afterwards uh, on the internet. I'll definitely watch Sting versus Triple H, probably out of just curiosity more than anything. I don't expect it to be any good. I hope it is. I hope Sting gets his big moment that he deserves, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I might give Taker a look as well, see if Undertaker's going to do anything that will try and revive his character after last year. But other than that, mate, I don't think this year's WrestleMania is anywhere near on par with ones that have gone by. I think I think that will sum it up now. Give us your thoughts on WrestleMania. What are your favourite Mania moments, favourite Mania matches, and are your hopes high for this year's Mania? Thanks for listening. <laughs>